welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. Welcome back. If you're joining us for the first time, we appreciate your uh, giving us your time, energy, and resources. As as always, we appreciate all of our returning guests. Uh, look, we we know there are people out there that like us, the people that are frustrated by us. And you know what? I'm not going to apologize. What I'm going to do today is I'm going to get after the You're the Problem segment number 11. I've got, uh, it, it's going to be relatively brief, but then... For those of you who are new to the program, I'm going to get after something the way that I typically have gotten after stuff in here. I address the hard stuff head on. And uh, I've gotten some interesting feedback on a recent podcast, and I'm going to address it. I'm going to address it right here. I mean, the, the reality is getting a podcast together, uh, the truth be told, uh, you know, there's complications to it, but it's it's not that difficult. I mean, a matter of fact, you can put out low quality content pretty easily. And I say that to you because uh, many people like to give feedback uh, that is irrelevant. Um, people like to give feedback that is uh, destructive, that does not contribute to the conversation. And so after I get through the You're the Problem segment number 11, I'm going to briefly go into that. So stay tuned, all right? Uh, the You're the Problem segment number 11 today, I am going to highlight the President of the United States, Joe Biden. Uh, he recently went to an Air Force Academy and there was a, an incident and that incident resulted in a fall and we are going to empathize our way through this. So uh, some of you are going to uh, be challenged here. Hopefully, if I do it well, all of you will be challenged here because what I want to do is make sure that always, always as I do these things, you when we empathize, truly empathize with another person or another group of people, it is absolutely critical that we withdraw our bias, our wishes and desires. And we look at this from a lens of attempting to see the world as if we are them. So I'm going to empathize with Biden. I'm going to empathize with the graduate. I'm going to empathize with uh, I'm not actually sure who the gentleman is that is uh, near him when he falls, because that's a big thing. And then I'm also going to empathize with the American people. This is the leader of our country. And, uh, you know, we, we want to make sure that we account for the audience um, that, you know, that that is the American people. So without further ado, I am going to share with you a little bit, those of you watching on Rumble or uh, YouTube, you're going to be able to see this image. Now, I paused it three seconds in as the starting spot for a couple of reasons. I wanted to point out, this is a joyous event. You know, Joe Biden is there. He's dressed nice, looking looking very presidential. Very good. 
we like this. This is how we want to represent the country. We want to, you know, show up to these important events. Uh, he just got done shaking the hand of this Air Force graduate uh, that is right in front of you with his hand out, finishing his salute. Um, I did think that the salute looked a little funny, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. You know, the Marine Corps has a very specific way in which we do salutes. So this kind of threw me off. This looked sort of like Hitler-esque, but down at the very bottom of the screen, you do see a uh, somebody he is saluting. So that's good. Uh, you know, the, those formalities are in place and structures are in place for a reason. It's a, a, a respect thing. So the lead up is, you know, the president is there and he's shaking hands. That's really, this is a, a, an opportunity for him to represent the country, but also to, you know, greet the, the newest graduates of the Air Force Academy. Now, I wanted to point out the gentleman to the, if you're looking at your screen to the far right with the dark cover, uh, you know, uh, that's on there, the president is walking towards him or about to walk toward him. Uh, and I, I want to point him out because we're going to be empathizing with him as well. So for those of you who have not seen this, I'm going to go ahead and hit play. We're going to let it play out for a moment. You're going to get to see the actual incident where the president stumbles. It's it's a tough uh, look. Uh, you know, you can't see what maybe he stumbled over, but he goes down pretty good. So here we go. Okay, he points back at the 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 ground. Who knows? There must have been something there. Uh, what I wanted to do is point out a few things. Let's start with empathizing with the president of the United States, Joe Biden. Uh, you know, Joe Biden just bit it. Look, the reality is people fall. If you can't see that that is a normal occurrence on occasion for anybody, young, fit old, you know, he's not, you know, not a young guy anymore, right? So for him to fall, he's probably a little bit more uh, of an expectation as we age that happens. But I want to turn now to the gentleman who is now right on his backside, who helped him up. You see a couple of what look like are probably the Secret Service agents, most likely. They are there to protect the president. Uh, and But the, the guy with the binder. Now, I don't know who this is. But if we empathize with him, I can imagine a scenario where that guy feels absolutely terrible. Why? Because he's standing right next to the president as the president falls. And I don't know if you saw it. He didn't even let go of his binder to try to catch the president. Now, I chuckle a little bit because it's kind of funny. These things happen fast. All right. There's a lot of stuff going on. He probably didn't, you know, he didn't realize what was happening as it was happening until it was too late. But after the fact, I could, I, I could see a, you know, a sense of guilt you know, that he could have in a situation like that. And if you can't see that, you just might be part of the problem, right? If uh, we are looking at uh, the president, we already went over that, but the Secret Service agents, they come running to his aid. You know, that's all good. 
we like that, right? That's, you know, we got to get, that's fantastic. All of that stuff, I'm looking at it going, oh, I can empathize with them. They're like, oh, geez, if only we had, you know, been there, but we're not really supposed to be there. So, you know, no big deal. They're probably brushing that off and moving on. But that other guy, that's interesting. Um, Okay, let's empathize with the American people. The president of the United States is on what appears to have been a relatively flat stage. Now, there might have been something there, maybe, uh, you know, uh, you know, two partitions pushed together and all of a sudden there's this crack. And so it's a change of elevation that's, a, you know, a, a quarter of an inch or something like that. But... For the American people, that's what represents you and I in the world lens. So there's a couple ways to look at this. I want to I want to look at two separate ways because if we want to empathize with the American people, we want to do it well. So let's say, you know, the world sees the president fall down and they're like, oh my gosh, their president is so weak. That's a possibility. If you can't see that, you're part of the problem. Flip the coin, though. We have one of the oldest presidents. He might actually be the oldest president we have ever had. It's possible that much of the world could look at the United States and say, there's a nation that respects their elders. That's a possibility. And if you can't see that, you might be part of the problem too. There's a lot of different ways that this can be viewed. From my lens, there is one more video I am going to share with you. And uh, I'm going to share it because it's one of the rare times where in politics, we actually get to see the human appropriate response. The propaganda, gone. Demagoguery, gone. And yes, it highlights a a person who is not very well liked by much of the nation and loved by much of the nation. You got it. I am bringing in good old Mr. Donald, the former president, Mr. Donald Trump. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at what was his response to this? So... Without further ado, those of you watching and listening, you will get to hear his actual response the to current it. president. Um, did you see the video of when he fell? Yeah. And, and did you see the video? He actually said, uh, by the way, I met with um, who are those guys that are going to fly over shortly? Yeah. Yeah. That's your president uh, right not, now. Not too good. It's sad. It's sad. It's not, you know, it's uh, they're representing, we are all representing the country. You've become president, and uh, you're sort of not allowed to do that, but it's happened. It's happened, and it's happened pretty badly. Uh, we won't go into it, but we all know the ones, and they, uh, they count those acts. You know, they never forget. But that was a bad fall. You know, I remember they made, remember the media made so much. You, I think you were at West Point at the time. Yeah. And you were coming down a ramp. Yeah. It didn't have a rail. You had dress shoes on like you have now, yeah. which have very slippery it's soles. Correct. They look a little better, but you better not uh, walk in rain. That's true. <laughs> yeah, especially downhill on a ramp. 
Um, you know, it was very interesting. I think I made my best speech. That was my best speech. And I was so proud of it. It was pouring. It was pouring. And I said, this speech was so good. And then I said, how do I get down? Sir, you have to go down the ramp. I said, the same one I came up, it was a long, like an ice skating rink. And they said, yes, sir. And I had the general next to me, the commandant of cadets, nice guy, big guy, strong guy. I said, general, uh, and he's wearing combat boots. They don't slip too much. I said, general, get ready, because I may have to grab you here. But I said, I'm not falling. There's no way. So I'd go tippy-toe down the thing. <laughs> that was a mistake, because it didn't look so good. I even agree it was. But I got killed, and they never covered that speech. I said, it was my best. Someday, they'll, in 100 years, they're going to put that speech on. I, I really... But uh, you can't fall. You just can't fall, no matter what. You just can't allow it to happen. And I better not allow, especially after saying this, I better not allow it to happen with me. All right. Why did I show that? Because it humanizes the reality that people do trip. People do fall. You know, this is getting blown up. I understand the different sides of the argument. I understand how some people are glad he fell because, you know, they're like, oh, just more evidence to put in the the, the, the sack. Like, no, no. Look, people fall. And particularly when older folks fall, that's not a good thing. That's not ever a good thing for, for multiple reasons. One, he's the president. But more importantly, we have to have empathy and care for the people who age in our country. And if you can't see that reality, you are definitely, definitely part of the problem. So with that, you know, I know it's going to be showed. Uh, they're going to show that video all over the place. People are going to see. It. I just showed it for crying out loud. But here's the takeaway. When you empathize, especially with somebody who's a grandma, a grandpa, elderly, you know, they, you know, they may be alone now. We don't know. Now, the president's got all kinds of people around him, but people fall all the time when they get older. Now, we don't want it to be so. We put in things so that it's less. But it is a reality, and it's our job, your job, my job, to understand that as people age, it does get more difficult. Lifting your feet gets more difficult. Speaking gets more difficult. Running the country gets more difficult. Now, empathy, yes. Sympathy, I mean, look, let's be real. He ran for president. He wants to be the president. If he didn't want that, if he didn't want the position of having to walk across stages and, and, and do it without falling, he wouldn't have run for president or he would resign the position. Like It's okay for people to resign positions too, especially if you realize you're not able to do it in a way that's going to represent the people of the country the best. So whatever side you're on, I don't really care. Empathy isn't about picking the side. Empathy is about understanding multiple sides, having a healthy perspective. And that's what we were just trying to do in this podcast. So thank you for listening to this part. I am going to switch gears. I am going to uh, very briefly move into something. This little bonus segment for you. Uh, I recently put out a uh, podcast 
And in that podcast, I highlighted something that was, well, uh, surprising to me that it turned out to be uh, quite so controversial. Uh, not really sure why this is controversial the way that I presented it. And so what I'm going to do here is, for those of you who are watching, you should be able to see that image. What I'm going to do here is I pulled up an image. It's got Dylan Mulvaney. It has, uh, you know, there's there's a Madonna in there and a Nicole Smith and Marilyn Monroe. Um, not in that order. So it's Dylan Mulvaney, Marilyn Monroe, Madonna, and Adam Nicole Smith. And I used this image. And I used a podcast to speak about a disorder called histrionic. And there's a couple of things that I, I need to, to clarify because the way that the pushback comes, I, I realized a cultural lens that I was honestly not paying as close enough attention to as I should have. And because I was deemed by some to be a, what is it? No, they called me a, a transphobe. Uh, a, they, they thought that there was nothing in common with any of them. Uh, and that's just not right. That's, I mean, straight up, it's, it's false. When I am talking about Dylan Mulvaney in the same sentence as, say, a Marilyn Monroe, and I'm doing it through the clinical counseling lens and I'm speaking specifically to the histrionic disorder. They absolutely share a ton of common ground. Now, why is that important? That's important because one, just because I focused on the most current version in the timeline doesn't mean that I am a transphobe. It's just not true. I have a podcast, therefore I get to come on here and let you know that that's wrong and that's not okay. And labeling me and giving me a name like that, well, it's just inappropriate. I understand why people do it. I, I do. I understand why people do it because they're scared and they're cowards and they want me to be something that I'm not because I make a lot of sense in other areas and they're afraid of truth. Okay, fine. So, yeah, I come on here, I tell you all of this, and I'll probably get a little bit of a, 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 a you know, a talking to by some uh, because of it. And great, do your thing. I'm not here to hate on anybody. I'm here to speak truth as I see it. And some of you are going to go, well, you don't see the truth. You're doing damage to the, you know, the trans community. Uh, no. That's not true. I'm doing nothing to harm the trans community, the LGBTQ, uh, AI, Spirit 2 Plus. I don't know all of the acronyms. I, I try to keep up because I want to be well-informed. I think I got them all. But if I left any out, it was not on purpose. I like to be respectful to all people. There's a difference, though. I can love and care about people and still see a problem where a problem exists. Those two things can happen simultaneously. I can even 
disagree with somebody. Like, do I think it was a great idea for Madonna to wear these cone-shaped like breast things on a stage doing a song? I think that over-sexualizes her. And I think that's a problem. And yet the culture seems to think that that's wild and crazy and so cool. I don't agree with that. Does that mean that I am... Uh, I must be gay because, you know, like I'm not looking at her and going, wow, that's hot. No, because I'm not that either. But I'm not mean. So for those of you who want to point at me and tell me how terrible I am and I'm a transphobe or whatever, like you go do your thing. But your hatred, that's your problem. I'm not full of hate. I'm not here to hate. Clarify, sure, absolutely. So that leads me to my last point on this particular topic. And that is, I left something out. And this was made very clear to me uh, by accident. I don't know that they intended to. People, People brought to my attention that there's nothing in common. And I'm, you know, from a clinical lens, understand that's the lens from which I spoke about this podcast. From a clinical lens, I highlighted histrionic disorder. But I left out the whole idea that men and women are looked at differently culturally. And that truth is important. So I'm going to highlight something. I think part of the reason why a lot of people had a challenge with me putting Dylan Mulvaney in the same classification as like a Marilyn Monroe or Madonna, or an Anna Nicole Smith. It's because, unfortunately, uh, and I say that with, uh, you know, a a complete understanding uh, of the human sexuality process. Men in this country are visually stimulated. That's a fact. Some women, especially histrionic women, which, by the way, histrionic is predominantly female-oriented disorder, doesn't mean it's all. There are men who are histrionic as well. That was a little caveat. But men are visually stimulated. So when a woman overly sexualizes themselves, unfortunately, that does feed the histrionic, but it also feeds the sexual challenges that men face the visual stimulation so when a woman who is a a, an attractive woman is half naked men have to fight you me men we have to fight the urge to see them as a sexual object for our enjoyment and pleasure we have to resist that urge Uh, From a clinical lens, I didn't think about that because I wasn't thinking about these people as sex objects. I was thinking of through, through the lens of histrionic disorder. But it should have been a little more evident. I know the sexualization piece of histrionic disorder, and I, and I really should have caught this earlier, but when men who are attracted to women see a man who has become a woman and they feel no attractiveness to them. They get very irritated 
with the comparison of them being similar at all. Why? It's because of their sexual orientation and their sexual uh, desire to see attractive women, not men dressing as women. And I miss that. I miss that. So I wanted to clean that piece up a little bit, uh, give you a little bit more context around it. Uh, you know, from a histrionic view, they are very similar. From a sexualization aspect, I understand that they're different. I'm not naive. I'm not foolish. I'm not stupid. Um, I did leave that out and I apologize for that. So that's why I came in here to clean that up. And that's what I got for you today. A little bonus segment. Uh, if you're interested in the podcast I just talked about, by all means, go back. I believe it was just a couple of days ago. So when it, when it posts, um, it'll just be like maybe two days before or three days before, four days before, like in that same general vicinity. And it's, uh, it's really, it's about histrionic. I think I identified, uh, you know, Dylan Mulvaney, Marilyn Monroe. And I basically said, what do they have in common? because they do share that in common. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information. 